The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Executive Minister and Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. So I'm in the midst of teaching a series titled The Five Choices. And this series is totally based on how to help you become even more productive than you are. This book is fabulous. And my recommendation is that you get it. So as I'm teaching the lessons, you can hopefully, you know, read the book, listen to these podcasts, Get something out of it that you can utilize to help your personal life and your work life uh, achieve new heights. It's really important. The Five Choices was written by Corey Kogan, Adam Merrill, and Lena Reen. And I think that it is a book that reminds us that if we don't keep the main thing the main thing, if we don't structure our lives, if we don't have order if we don't have some functionality, if we don't have a system, then things tend to go on autopilot and autopilot does not necessarily mean you're being as productive as possible. If you're working with something and it's on autopilot and it's a, you know, a, you know, a drone plane or, you know, a train or they have, you know, these cars now to drive themselves. That's one thing because they're programmed to be functional. But when a human being is on autopilot, sometimes that means we're unconscious. We're not paying attention to the details and we're not necessarily evaluating the best practices to produce the best results. And what I'm seeking today is to help you get your best results. So as you follow along with this series, which I'm going to be teaching, you know, all of March and all of April will help you get the results you desire. Now, for those who've been following me for a few years, I've been doing this podcast now for nine years. And you know that I'm all about getting results, getting the demonstrations, making the manifestations, because what good is it to study something that's supposed to empower your life, to help you live a better life, to help you produce more good, and you don't have any fruit of it. You know, Jesus said, judge a tree by the fruit it bears. So if you have a teaching, if you have a process that you are not implementing, you don't know if it can bear the fruit. So I'm saying, put what you are learning to the test, and you then can evaluate if it works, if you are working it in integrity. And what do I mean by that? And I'm going to get to the chapter in a moment. But many times we can be information junkies. I can be an information junkie. 
wanting to read the next book, wanting to read the next, uh, you know, self-help manual, wanting to listen to the next speaker, wanting to watch the next video, et cetera, et cetera. And instead of doing the work, you just wait for the next book, the next lesson, the next lecture, the next manual the next journal, the next whatever. All those things are good. I want you to get them, you know, because they they do help you, but they only help you to the extent that you can process it and utilize it. Remember, knowledge is not power. Utilize knowledge is power. Utilize knowledge. In other words, it doesn't make a difference if I know how to do something that can help me if I don't use it if I don't do anything with it. You can have a teaching and the teaching can help you transform your life and if you don't do anything with it, it won't make a difference. It's like I always tell my students, how do you lose weight? Diet and exercise. The answer hasn't changed. As long as human beings have existed, diet and exercise. Now, here's the thing. The beauty of this is it doesn't make a difference if it's a cat or dog. Diet and exercise. Because the biology is still the same when it comes to if you want to lose weight, you got to move your body. And you have to be mindful of what you eat and how much you eat. It's really that simple. So you can't say that you have all this knowledge. Say, for instance, you went to school to, uh, you know, to learn how to teach people how to, you know, to personal training and dietitians and things of that nature. So you did all of that, and then you don't utilize it. It doesn't matter. Let's say, for instance, you went to to school to learn how to be, an, you know, uh, you know, learn about, you know, uh, financial planning and things of that nature. Working at a bank, you have your MBA and all of those type of things, and you don't do anything with it, it doesn't really make a difference because the information is not helping you. And what I'm saying is if you are learning and reading the next whoever's lesson or listen to the whoever's podcast, keep listening to them. I want you to keep listening, but I want you to be mindful of what you can do with the information so you just don't end up unintentionally turning into an information junkie. Now, let's get to the book. Page 93, choice three. Schedule the big rocks, don't sort the gravel. Schedule the big rocks, don't sort the gavel. It starts off with a quote from Thomas Davenport and John C. Beck, and I love this quote. What's in short supply is human attention. Understanding and managing attention is the single most important determinant of business business success. Let me read that again. What's in short supply is human attention. Understanding and managing attention is now the single most important determinant of business success. So they go on and state, there's a big difference between thinking about what's important and actually accomplishing it. If we don't have robust planning, disciplines, and processes in place to execute what's important, then our Q2 Quadrant 2 role statements and Q2 Quadrant 2 
goals are merely wishful thinking. Now, if you don't know what the Q2 goals and statements are, please go back. I taught the four quadrants in the first podcast of this series. Choices one and two are about making good decisions about where to spend our attention and energy. Choices three and four are about how we keep our attention focused and intentional to ensure we feel accomplished at the end of every day. So let me just break that down. What they're saying is this is a method. This whole book is a method on how to stay as much as you can in quadrant two, which is important, not urgent. In other words, this is where you plan. This is where you strategize. This is where you get your calendar together. This is where you make sure you're not um, leaking energy. When I mean leaking energy, in other words, having your energy pulled in a whole bunch of things that will not get you the results you want, which happens in quadrant three and four or quadrant one because everything's an emergency because it's urgent and important. And, and again, quadrant one stuff will show up. But as much as possible, you want to stay in quadrant two. So this concept of the big rocks and the gravel will help explain it. This is the, I want you to have a visual. Imagine that you had a, a very large container. And in the container, one container, you had a, a bunch of gravel. And you poured all the gravel into the container. And then you had these rocks, big rocks. And then you put the rocks on top of the gravel. You'll notice that the gravel will take up the whole container and leave out rocks. In other words, you, if you put the gravel in first, you can't put all the rocks in. But if you put the rocks in first, you can put all the gravel in that you desire. You can even leave some gravel out if you want, but you can put the gravel in. I've seen this example even with uh, teachers showing people how, you know, if they put the big rocks in, then they put gravel in, then they put sand in, and then they put water in. And every time people say, okay, is the container full? They see the rocks. Oh, it's full. No, it's not. Pour the gra uh, gravel in. Okay, is it full now? Yes, it's full. Then they put the sand in. Is it full now? Absolutely full. Then they put the water in. And that was a way of showing that if you put, if you take care of the big stuff first, then you can work the other things around it. But if you are always lost in the little things, then there's no room for the big stuff that will be the things that will change your life. The big things that are the game changers. So many times we just get caught in the, the stuff. You know, sometimes when I'm working on a major product and uh, I'm not project, project, not product, project. And sometimes it is, I guess, a product. Sermons, lessons, and these podcasts are products. I'll put my phone on Do Not Disturb. Why? Because lo and behold, somehow, some way, when it's time for me to sit down and really focus my mind on something I need to produce, the notifications start going off. And I'm going to deal with that in a later podcast because that's one of the chapters in the book. But I just put my phone on Do Not Disturb. Or I'll put that particular thread on do not disturb. But I have my do not disturb set up in a way that if certain people call me or text me, it will go through. Um, but sometimes, you know, things can just happen where people are communicating with you. The notifications are just going on and going on and going on. And next thing you know, before you realize it, 
your train of thought has been disrupted or worse, you stop doing what you're doing and engage in something that will not get you the results you desire. So you have to be mindful. Are you getting caught in the gravel of life? Somebody shows up. Hey, I need to talk to you. Hey, I need you to do this. Or, hey, I need you to do that. And that doesn't mean that sometimes Q1 situations don't pop up, but address them as soon as you can in harmony and in order and get them out of the way and get back on your Q2. You know, I, you know, things can happen. You can get emergency calls. People can reach out to you. I get that. Make sure you're clear about the time you're going to give it, and then you move on so you can stay on your big rocks. What are your big rocks? You determine that. Your big rocks should be determined by the work you did last week. And if you don't remember the podcast from last week where we sat down and made the Q2 goals and, and, and statements, those are your big rocks. The things that matter to your business success, to your relational success, to your health, to your finances, to your spirituality, these are big rocks. And life should work around them. They shouldn't get your last minute attention and energy. Moving on. So the the author wrote on the authors wrote on page 94. The big rocks represent the Q2 priorities in our lives. Time spent on key relationships and responsibilities, important projects, critical meetings, and so forth. These are the activities that come from our Q2 role statements and Q2 goals. These activities are in contrast to gravel, which represent all the little things that fill up our lives, email, phone calls, laundry, less important priorities, and so on. Not saying they don't need to be done, but they're not game changers. These things take time and attention away from the big rocks. All right. So moving on, bottom of that page, they wrote, in today's world, with this endless onslaught of gravel, this approach simply doesn't work. In other words, dealing with the gravel before you deal with the rocks. It just doesn't work. You can, Have you ever found yourself feeling really tired and exhausted, but you didn't accomplish much that day or anything of significance? You just literally be exhausted and... You look up, it doesn't feel like you've accomplished anything, but you're tired. Why? Because you've been sorting gravel, not dealing with the big things that move the needle. Moving on, page 95. The key shift in thinking for choice three is to realize that you can never get ahead by just sorting through the gravel faster. Because that's sometimes what we try to do. Let me see how fast I can get through this stuff. No. Make sure you're knocking out the big rocks first. And then you create the time for the gravel. But you can't, you know, focusing on the gravel first will not get you the results you want. All right. So the authors go on to say, you must decide what's most important, choices one and two. Then schedule your weeks and days in such a way that you can focus your precious attention and energy on those things first. Choice three. That's key. Don't miss it. So the choice one and choice two should help you decide what's most important. Then 
Choice three will help you schedule how to use your precious attention and energy. What has your energy? What has your attention? You know, one of the things about social media that's really funny to me is when you see somebody get into long Facebook debates in the comment sections of posts, whether they're personal posts or news posts or sports posts, you can, you know, be mindful of that. I remember years ago, years ago, this was last year, actually, I posted something on a sports post. It was around the time when the uh, ABC was playing the last dance about Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls championship years and the history of Michael Jordan's career. And I posted something because I'm a diehard Bulls fan, which means, of course, I don't like the bad boys Pistons that were led by Isaiah Thomas. I respect Isaiah's game, uh, but I thought it was a lot of brutes on that team that, that played bully ball and didn't win on pure basketball. They, you know, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I made a comment. And on some sports posts, and I kid you not, every blue moon, I still get somebody that wants to debate me about that post. And I remember posting something, and then I guess people who didn't like what I said or wrote started just post, 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 post. You know, sometimes, you know, people want to insult you or whatever. And I just laugh about it because that was eight or nine months ago, and I think I probably got a notification of it late January, early February, people still commenting on it. Now, here's the thing. I can allow that that to get into a thread of trying to debate with somebody that doesn't really make a difference in making my life better, or I can put that mental energy and attention on what will improve my life, my responsibilities, my key relationships, my important projects, my critical meetings and so on. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. Something happens in your family, people start arguing and debating or they want to argue and debate with you, you have to be real careful that you don't take debate. If stuff happens where you have to pull your energy away for a moment as much as quickly as you can, you have to get back to scheduling the big rocks and not sorting out the gravel. So on page 95, the authors wrote, in today's environment, the key to true productivity is not to get more things done, but to get the right things done, the important things, with the highest quality you can achieve. I love that. Sometimes we think more is better instead of the right things done exceptionally well. The, the right thing. As I often tell people, how many phones does Apple sell? They sell the iPhone. They have a few versions of it, but that's the only phone they sell. That's why it's consistent. Now, that's a lot more phones. You know, you know, other companies, they sell multiple phones. But Apple only sells the iPhone. How many tablets do they sell? One, the iPad. It might be an iPad Pro. I have an iPad Pro. It could be an iPad or a mini iPad, but they only sell the iPad variations of it. How many computers do they sell? Mac, MacBook Pro, or a smaller version of a Mac. Uh, I have a MacBook Pro. I get it. My point is this. They have decided to get the right things done 
the important things with the highest quality you can achieve. That's a formula for success. So it goes on to say, it's not about doing more with less. It's about doing more about less. It's about concentrating more of your very best attention and energy on those few priorities that really matter and getting them done in the midst of inevitable gravel in our lives. So let me just be clear. The distractions, the gravel of life, the nonstop nonstop demands on your attention will never go away. I don't care how well you plan. They never go away. The only thing that you can be mindful of is how are you determining what's important and how you use your energy and attention. Bottom line, because it's always going to show up. It can, it's always something to disturb you if you allow it. There's always something to frustrate you if you allow it. There's always something to, uh, to distract you if you allow it. If you allow it, it doesn't go away. All right, so page 96, a critical pre-planning tool. They call it the master task list. The master task list, all right? All right. So the purpose, page 96, the purpose of a master task list is to keep things in a single trustworthy tracking system so that you can get them out of your brain and stop worrying about them. In other words, you should never just be carrying around something in your mind without putting it on paper. That's the first thing. Let's just get that out of the way. You know, just say, oh, I'm thinking about something. Get a pen and paper, write it down. As I have often stated, even when I have ideas, I did it this morning, literally, while I was driving into the church. I had an idea about something that I won't need until late April, but there was no way for me to write it down. So I called my work phone directly and I left myself a voicemail so I could retrieve my ideas later. Remember, possibility has a short shelf life. So if you're walking around with a whole bunch of ideas and you never put pen to paper, you have the potential of losing it. I mean, you can lose it. Point blank, you can lose it. All right, back to the book. The basic rule for using a master task list is this. When something comes up that you might need to do, it either goes on the floor or on the list, but not in your head. Oh, I love that. On the floor or on the list. That's a, That means either you discard it or you put it on the list of things that you need to do and when you're going to do it. All right. It says, this means you use your discernment skills right away and decide what to do with it, but don't leave it floating in your consciousness, taking up valuable working memory. So either I'm going to leave that alone or I'm going to do something with it. But just don't let it linger. Because here's the thing about lingering. When when you mean to do something, when you want to address something, when things are left undone, it just pulls mental energy from you. 
Have you ever been in a space to where um, you intended to do something that you didn't do or it was a conversation you needed to have that you didn't have and you just played with that conversation in your head over and over again, sometimes days, weeks, months, sometimes it's years? Realize that that mental background noise is pulling valuable attention and energy from you that could be utilized for your good, for your well-being. This is why in uh, self-help circles and religious circles and spirituality circles, people focus so much on things like forgiveness and release and making the phone call that you need to make to get it off and out of your heart, get it out of your head, get yourself away from it. I, you know, I'll never forget. And again, for, you know, for those folks who have a challenge with people using, you know, some, um, choice language, um, uh, which means profanity, uh, you know, you may, may not want to watch this, but Tony Robbins, I'm not your guru on Netflix has an opportunity, uh, has a, interview where he's talking to a lady and she's really not satisfied with her relationship. She's really not happy. She doesn't think it's going anywhere. And, and the type of man she's dealing with, um, she basically, you know, for lack of terms, thinks he's weak. And Tony was like, call him. She was like, right now? She was like, he's like, yeah, right now. Because he deserves to know and you deserve to move on. In other words, you're just holding something in consciousness that's not necessarily going to help you get to where you need to be. And you're holding up somebody else's life because they believe in something that's not true. So I, I love it because when you start thinking it goes on my list or goes on the floor, that means I got to either deal with it or dismiss it. Now that determines if it's important enough to be on your master task list. Is this something I should be doing? And I'm going to deal with that when we come back from the break because we're a few uh, seconds from the break. But I just want you just to drill down on this thought on the floor or on the list. And be mindful of what that means and what that can look like for you if you implemented that one idea. So we need to take our break and we'll be right back with True Transform. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before we get back into the book, The Five Choices, I want to make sure that I give my quick commercial. So... You can join us for our uh, online service at Christ Universal Temple by tuning in to our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, our YouTube page, CU Temple, CU and the Word Temple together, or our website, cutemple.org, at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. You will get an opportunity to get a great lesson by Reverend Wells, the music, the prayer, the meditation, 
all this good stuff wrapped up into one. So make sure you tune in. We also have Facebook Live lessons Monday through Friday noon at noon central time. I, along with our chief operating officer, Gavin Jackson, and now uh, one of our Johnny Coleman Institute teachers, Blanche Wilson, actually are teaching these lessons. So make sure you tune in. They're based upon the Daily Inspiration uh, periodical that the Universal Foundation for Better Living puts out. Reverend Wells also has a Facebook uh broadcast or show called Temple Talks, which is Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. So if you just put in Facebook at Reverend Derek Wells, you should be able to pull it up. And we also have a consciousness building call, which is on uh, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can go to the website or our Facebook page to get more information on the call, the number uh, to call in and all of those things. Also, I have a seminar coming up on March 27th with Dr. Rocco Erico called, um, it's getting past me now, living your authentic life or how to live your authentic life or something like that. I'm teaching how to live victoriously. And Dr. Rocco Erico is teaching the, the, the metaphysics and mysticism in the gospel of John. It's $35. The show is on Eventbrite. And I want to make sure that I'm giving this information accurately, so now I need to look this up really fast while I'm talking to you all. But I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to get it. It's on my Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell Facebook page. So if you go to that Facebook page and you scroll down, you should be able to see the lesson. It's called Discovering Your Authentic Self. And it's a, so if you go to eventbrite.com and you look up Discovering Your Authentic Self, you should be able to pull it up again, $35. And it's the time frame is 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which would be um, 9 a.m. our time. So anyway, let me just make sure that you get that information. We do what we need to do and make it work. So make sure if you want more of this good stuff, let's make sure that you tune in. $35. You can't get that much good consciousness uh, for two powerful speakers, and we're going to do a Q&A after our presentations. So make sure you tune in. All right, let's get back to the book. Master Task List. How do we work with it? All right. So right off the bat, Q3s and Q4s go on the floor. By definition, the authors wrote, Q3s and fours are not important. Thus, if something is a Q3 or, or a Q4, you can safely get rid of it, then toss it on the floor, meaning that you have successfully discerned and dismissed some incoming gravel that would otherwise be filling your day. Give yourself a high five so that your brain knows you've done the right thing and move on. Q2s and Q1s go on the list. If it is a Q2 or a necessary Q1, then put it on the list. That way, you record your choice to spend time and attention on it later and can focus on getting your work done rather than keeping the task floating in your head. Once this, what that means is simply this. You might be in the middle of something that needs to be addressed. If it's a Q2, then put it on your list and then continue what you're doing and address it later. If it's a Q1, you might, depending on the severity of the Q1, might have to stop doing what you're doing and address the Q1 and then get back to doing your Q2 business. 
So these are some of the things that you have to work with to become more productive. So how do you discern if it's a Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4? The authors wrote at the bottom of page 97. If you're wondering what something, whether something goes on the floor or on the list, you can ask yourself questions like, these aren't all the questions you can ask, but these are the type of questions you should be asking yourself. Number one, am I writing down a Q3? Okay. Am I volunteering to take care of someone else's responsibility when I don't really have to? Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to read that one again. Am I volunteering to take care of someone else's responsibility when I don't have to? Next question. Am I writing down a Q1 for the fifth time because I'm not finding a way to prevent it from happening? In that case, write down another Q2 task to prevent that Q1 in the future. In other words, maybe something is continually showing up as a Q1, urgent and important. In other words, these are the emergencies of life. Uh, because you haven't put the systems in place or to deal with it so it doesn't turn into an emergency. You know, I often tell people, um, your urgency is not my emergency. Because sometimes that's what people want. They want their urgency to turn into your emergency. They, they, they don't deal with issues. And then they want everybody around them to recalibrate around them and turn it into their emergency. When If they would have done the thing that they were supposed to do in the first place, it would have never turned into an emergency. And I want you to miss it because that's a key point. It's gravel. It's people bringing things to you. And I get that people want that you love, you want to stop, you want to help them do what they got to do, but you have to be really mindful. How many times have I dealt with the same thing? You know, if, if every time you meet somebody, they're asking you for money, you might need to recalibrate. If every time you're around someone and they're always asking, pulling you into some stuff that doesn't have anything to do with you, you might want to recalibrate. When you're around people and they're always compromising your energy and attention and making their agenda the primary thing that's, that takes up the space in your relationship, take me here, do this, do that for me, I need this, I need that, etc. It's all take and no give. You might want to recalibrate because if that is happening, then all of a sudden you have to realize that you're making somebody else's urgency, your emergency. And maybe the reason why you are saying yes, even though you don't want to, is because you're afraid of compromising the relationship. And I'm saying the relationship is already compromised. It's already compromised. There's no other way for me to say it. It's already compromised. And because it's already compromised, that in and of itself is its own challenge. Because you're not preventing it from happening. 
And sometimes it's because we just don't want to have authentic conversations with people and let them know. All right, moving on. Another question you can ask yourself is, am I writing down something that should be delegated to someone else? In that case, you might want to change the task to delegate that item. In other words, are you doing something that could be delegated? You know, one of the things that happens with leadership sometimes is they don't delegate well. Some people know how to work well. They don't know how to delegate well. Some people are specialists. And what I mean by specialists, that means they have to do it themselves. They don't want somebody else to do it. And because of that, they burn themselves out because they take on more because they're efficient, because they're effective, because they're productive. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they should be taking on more. They don't know how to delegate. They don't know how to create the systems in place. You have to be really careful about those things because you'll find yourself doing work that somebody else could be doing. And in a work environment, somebody who is paid to be doing it, literally, and you're doing it yourself. Why? And you might say, well, it takes me just as long to teach them as to do it. Yeah, maybe the first, second, third time. But if you can't delegate something to somebody who works under you that should be their responsibility, then I think that you might have to have a real conversation with yourself about replacing that person. Because it doesn't make sense for you to have to do your work and someone else's. Don't miss it. It makes no sense for you to have to do your work and someone else's. And I get that sometimes just you just get to the space where you say, well, if, if I don't push this across the line, it won't happen. That's a Q1. That's an emergency situation. But if those Q1 urgent and important situations keep happening, realize that you haven't set up the systems. You haven't set up the processes. You haven't set up the structure. You haven't set up the context. You haven't set up the paradigm for it to be a Q2, not a Q1. In other words, your lack of system and sometimes lack of decision-making or lack of being uh, courageous enough to get your own team can change, um, can change, uh, you know, everything. Excuse me, I apologize. See, when I'm talking about notifications, normally my phone is on do not disturb and stop buzzing with this microphone. I didn't want it to pick it up. <laughs> so I had to turn and turn the phone off. My point is this. It takes courage to delegate. It takes courage to say, okay, I'm going to train people on how to do this and I'm going to hold them accountable for the results. All right, back to the book. And that can, that can even be your children, you know, because they have a role to play and you have a role to play as parents. You have a role to play. All right, back to the book. All right. They wrote, what you should not do is put everything on the list just to get it out of your head. This turns your list into a gravel collector. 
Anything you can keep off your list is a decision well made. It represents a positive choice to focus more attention on the big rocks, your Q2 roles and goals. If you are not sure whether something is important or will require some additional time to accurately discern, then put it on the list, but do not use this as an excuse for laziness and filtering out things that shouldn't be there. So how do you do it? Page 99. And again, as I've told you all before, can't teach all of this book in, you know, um, line by line. So this is why you should get the book. So this is what they're saying. We want to make you a promise. If you spend 30 minutes each week and 10 minutes each day in Q2 planning, you will dramatically increase your ability to feel and accomplish at the end of every day. So in other words, you have one total 30 minutes a week and then 10 minutes a day planning, just planning, just creative thinking. Sometimes just sitting down and thinking about what needs to be done and why and what are your Q2 goals and plan them. They have a quote on here from Dr. Heidi Halverson. Planning turns out to be one of the single most effective strategies you can use in order to reach any goal. When people engage in the right kind of planning, their success rate goes up on average between 200% to 300%. That is amazing. That's just from planning. Plan your work, work your plan. Plan your work, work your plan. So what does it mean? Q2 planning is a process where you take some time to quiet your mind and work from the thinking brain to consciously and intentionally load the big rocks into your weeks and days first to make sure they get accomplished. Why does it take 30 minutes each week? Because it takes a few minutes to get into that zone. In other words, you're used to TV, conversations, text messages, emails, social media, things that need to be cleaned up around the house, office demands, whatever it might be. But you have to stop and just take time just to think. Quiet time, just thinking. And people use different things to get into the space. One of the things I do is I read. I read something inspiring, uh, something that will challenge my mind, something that will spark the thought process. I might do, then do some type of little prayer or meditation or something, and I get to the space. Just sitting there and just contemplating. Sometimes it might be some type of inspirational music. But you have to find a way to pull the time away to think creatively without all of the mental noise around you. Stop it, slow it down. And I think this is why at times people have, you know, the moments where they're not being distracted by everything else and they're just present, like they're in the shower. All of a sudden they start getting ideas. You go on vacation to rest. And then while you find yourself sitting on the beach underneath the hut, all of a sudden all these ideas start to come because you've slowed down enough for the creative thinking to happen. For the creative thinking. There's creative power within you. The spiritual you. Now, this book doesn't address the spiritual you. This book is dealing with brain science. All right? I'm dealing with the spiritual you and mind science. 
mind meaning that which transcends your physicality, your consciousness, your awareness of being. And I'm saying to you, without a shadow of a doubt, if you give yourself time to creatively think and plan and every day have a project your week at the beginning of your week and then take either the night before, which they'll talk about, or the morning or both to just plan your next day, your success rate will dramatically improve when it comes to getting things done. All right. They wrote it this way. When you take some time to reduce the noise, get centered and plan for a more thoughtful state, you will have an entirely different experience when you ask yourself, what is most important? So start asking yourself, okay, what are the most important things I need to get done this week? And then what are the most important things I need to get done this day? All right. Um, they quote Tenzin Periyadarshi, who wrote on page 100, if there's no stillness, there's no silence. If there's no silence, there's no insight. If there's no insight, there's no clarity. So what do you have to do? You have to set up Q2 time zones. In other words, these are parts of your schedule. These are the things that need to be planned in advance. What I do is I, I just put them on my Google Calendar, repeatable things. It'll make a difference. Workout time, prayer time, you know, meetings that I, reoccurring meetings at work. They're on my Google Calendar, so they pop up immediately. So when I check my calendar, and I have multiple calendars. I have a work calendar. And I have, you know, my uh, another email calendar for other stuff. And I have my iCloud basically calendar, all of them working. So I have three calendars on my phone right now. The only reason why it all works is because I put everything on the same in the same phone. So when I go on my phone, it's there. When I pop on my iPad, it's there. When I'm on my MacBook Pro, it's there. I just put, and here's the thing, and everybody can see stuff. I don't want people going to my work calendar and seeing stuff that I got to do in my personal life. It's totally different. I want you to get my point. But you have to create these time zones to where I'm doing this at this time, nothing else. And be clear, when you start your week, what are those Q2 time zones? You need to be really clear about it. You know, uh, you know, I can remember, uh, you know, after I got divorced from my first wife, I had certain times set up to pick my daughter up. And I would tell people, like literally, hey, I, in a meeting, I need to leave now. It's time for me to go pick up my daughter. It, it was what it was, no matter what. That was time set aside that said to me, no matter what's going on, I'm getting hurt this time. When it was my weekend, that was blocked off. So people could say, hey, we would love for you to do this. Hey, could you come do this with us? Hey, could you hang out? Can you whatever? Mm, not really if it's not something I can bring my daughter to. Why? Because it was a it was a Q2 time zone. And I wasn't using that uh, verbiage back then. What I was saying to myself was block out the things that are really important to you. You might have a situation, a circumstance where you're doing some serious spiritual work 
and you need to block out some time just for your reading prayer and meditation and contemplation, journaling or whatever. I'll do that. I'll say, okay, from, you know, I'll, I'll do that sometimes days at the end from this time to this time. This is my blocked out time where I'm working on me. I'm not really up for having conversations with people, responding to text messages, reading emails or anything like that. You have to pull away. You have to pull away. You have to make sure that you're putting on your calendar what's most important. And let me just say this. If it's not on your calendar, then it's really not existing because now you're keeping it in your mental space, which is pulling a time, time, energy, and attention away from it when it should just be in your calendar, whether it's a physical calendar or a digital calendar. Plan your big rocks and have them as time zones. Put them on your calendar and make them important enough to plan around. If not, everything will just keep popping up. And, you know, it's one of the things, and I'm not saying that everything in your life, every minute thing has to be planned. That way there's no spontaneity, there's no surprises. I'm just saying make sure you plan the major stuff. I'm not saying you can't leave yourself room to exhale, room to relax, room to chill, room to just watch, you know, TV or the movies that you want to see. I'm already planning my time frame to watch uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League on Thursday when I get home from work. I'm like, it's a four hour movie. This is the time from this to this. I'm not really trying to hear no conversations about phones and emails and text messages. Mm-mm, nope, nope. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier come on Disney Plus on Friday. I already got my time slotted out to watch it because I'm not playing around with it. Point blank. Point blank. And you must see, that's why I'm using these examples because nobody gets to define what's your, what's important to you. You get to decide. I get great enjoyment from, you know, comic book movies and things of that nature. So I made sure when we were in the show, I always saw them first night because that was important to me. So I would block it out. I would see the date. I would get my tickets in advance. I would tell everybody I was going to be there. I would put my phone on Do Not Disturb so the, so, you know, life could be falling down around me. But I was in the show watching the Avengers because that was important to me. That's what I want you to get. Because everybody automatically just thinks that you only have to put work stuff on this. But you can also put fun on it. Fun. Date nights with your spouse or your significant other. Hanging out with your buddies. All of these things can be Q2 time zones. All right? I want to cover a few other quick things. Page 104. When you're planning your week, put something on your daily task list only as a last resort if you are if you really aren't sure when or if it will be done. In other words, why are you putting it on your task list if you don't think you're going to address it? All right? So he gives they give the uh, a few things on how to do it. Number 1. Review your roles and goals. That's the first thing. All right. Review your roles and goals Two, schedule the big rocks, especially ask yourself the question. What are the one or two most important things I can do in this role this week? That way you get your mind focused on it. Number three, 
organize the rest. Once you have reviewed your roles and goals, once you scheduled the big rocks, then you organize the rest and not before. All right. With your daily Q2 planning, what you do every day, you need to, number one, close out the day, either at night or first thing in the morning, review your day, find out what, what lessons did you get from it, what blessings did you get, what insights did you get, what needs to be done the next day. Number two, I identified the few must-dos. What are the few must-dos I want to achieve in the coming day? And be really clear. A must-do is something so important that you probably won't end your day without getting it done. All right? You need to be clear. Tomorrow, what's my must-dos? This needs to be done at the end of the day or the first thing in the morning. Three, organize the rest. Organize everything else around your must-dos. So hopefully this is clear. Next week, we're going to talk about choice four, which is rule your technology. Don't let it rule you. So get the book, read the material, work with it with me so you can get the results you desire. You deserve to have the better life. As Johnny Coleman used to tell us, prosperity is your birthright. And I'm saying your success and your breakthroughs are something you deserve. It's your birthright. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.